Welcome to the Fit for Tomorrow podcast. I'm Dr. Nick Sanders, physical therapist, and together I hope we can explore the best ways to stay fit, healthy, and active as busy adults. We all have a lot on our plate. So what is the most efficient way to exercise, eat, sleep, and train in order to continue to do the activities we love well into our future? I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, in this week's episode, I want to talk a little about dry needling for the CrossFit athlete. When we talk about CrossFitters or, or anybody in sports or, or high volume exercise models, um, not just CrossFit, but anybody that's working out five, six times a day at, at, a, at a moderate high intensity, ultimately recovery becomes a very important factor. And if you're not able to get your body back to a baseline um, and, and you're kind of starting that next workout, already injured, sore, beat up, less range of motion. It just increases the the chances uh, of an injury occurring if, if we're not functioning at 100%, right? Whether that's nervous system fatigue or actual structural damage from the previous workout. Uh, in either scenario, I think we need to be very careful that we're not, um, because of those changes, we're not working out with different movement patterns and putting stress on areas of the body that maybe it's not used to being. And, and I really think that's where a lot of our injuries come from, um, more so even than, than technique or, or posture, uh, is more just a fatigue standpoint, right? So where do our self myofascial release techniques like foam rolling across ball, uh, dry needling, cupping, hypervolt massage, where, where do all of those things fit in? And maybe how is dry needling different from some of those other techniques? So I, I really think that your self-myofascial release techniques are kind of the icing on the cake, right? If, if you made me make a decision on what I thought was most important for recovery, I'm picking sleep, right? If you're not getting enough sleep, you're just going to be in trouble, right? All of the repair processes, the rebuilding phases, um, from the gut to the musculoskeletal system to the brain, those things are happening while we sleep. And so if you're getting three, four hours of sleep, uh, maybe even five, six for some people, but if you're getting limited sleep, I don't care what you're doing. You're going to have a hard time recovering from those things. When you look at self-myofascial release, dry needling, cupping, whatever it is, it's really a stressor to the system, right? We're creating a stimulus that, that we're going to expect your brain, the blood flow systems, the immune systems to respond to, to, to create a healing response in that area. Well, if the whole system's not working well, whether it's an immune system problem, uh, a lymphatic problem, or a lack of sleep problem, well we can trigger all the healing we want. If you're just adding stress and your body can't heal, right? Because you got these other complicating factors on board. Well, then we're going to have a hard time getting you better. So, um, to kind of circle back to that, right? Sleep again, number one, if you're not getting that, we have to get that right. That's, that's kind of the, the wild card. There's no sense doing all these other things. If, um, we're not going to get our body in a state where it has the ability to recover. Uh, and then, you know, I put nutrition and exercise are, are kind of hand in hand, right with sleep. Um, you know, if you made me pick, I'd probably pick sleep as the priority. Um, but then I'd put exercise and nutrition right next to it. You know, those things from a recovery standpoint are going to be more important to keep you healthy, injury free than, than any manual therapy technique. Now, with that said, the manual therapy techniques do have a role and they're able to help you kind of troubleshoot those little problems when they should arise. And our goal is to troubleshoot those problems before they turn into big complicating factors. Um, here, here, here's an example. Somebody 
you know, comes in with, uh, you know, some kind of tightness in the shoulder. Maybe you caught a lift weird, you caught a lift funny, and now your shoulder starts moving wonky. Well, because the shoulder's moving funny, now you're going to start using your upper trap maybe to kind of help create some range of motion of the shoulder. Or maybe you're going to overextend at the mid-back um, because you can't quite get the shoulder all the way through. So now what starts as a shoulder problem, now you start to feel it in your neck. You're starting to get headaches at the base of your skull. Uh, maybe you start to notice some mid-back or rib pain because you're, you're arching your back too much during the lift or you're, you're changing your posture during your lifts, all of those little downstream consequences of what started as a shoulder problem can be avoided if we can just nip that first thing uh, right away. And so a lot of times you can do that with just, you know, a simple lacrosse ball release, a foam roll technique, um, your, your pre-routine mobility, your off-day mobility, which is probably more important. Um, all of those things can troubleshoot it, but dry needling gives us an, an opportunity to get a little deeper into the system and, and tap into that at, at maybe a deeper level. So your lacrosse balls, your massage guns, uh, your foam rollers, they're all going to be nice myofascial techniques. They're going to stimulate the nervous system because there's going to be a deep pressure or, or a vibration standpoint if you're adding the massage gun. So we're going to add a nervous system stimulus to, to the equation. Now, what you're seeing is because people want more than a nervous system response, they're trying to get to that tissue level with these tools. And so they are beating the crap out of themselves with these tools and putting a ton of pressure uh, on the body. And we're creating um, probably not as much tissue change as we think we are, but we are creating some bruising type deep pressure trauma, some blunt force trauma almost uh, to the tissue trying to get at it. Now with dry needling, because it breaks the skin, it does let us get into the tissue level a little bit, right? We're able to create a lesion with this teeny tiny, uh, very thin monofilament needle. We're able to create a little lesion that your immune system has to respond to. So because your, your body's going to sense that as a cut, so to speak, it has to heal it. So you're going to get blood flow to that area. You're going to get all the immune system responses that go involved in, in healing a lesion. You're going to get a nervous system response uh, as it reacts to that that stimulus, and your brain's ultimately going to respond and, and make all those decisions on how it's going to respond to that that uh, insult to the system, and so. It's a, we call it a therapeutic lesion, right? It's teeny, teeny, tiny. And, and the, the idea is that your body's going to be able to fix that pretty quick. Um, but because it mounts up this immune response, it should help healing in and around that area uh, as part of the proposed theories of, of how needling works, right? It, it, it mounts up this big response to, to a small lesion. Uh, and then hopefully we can create some increased blood flow, uh, change some of the inflammatory markers in and around the area of, of where that needle was inserted, and um, ultimately get the nervous system to relax and, and let some of that muscle regarding go. So it's going to tap into the system um, differently, if you will, than, than just a, a superficial technique. So they both offer good um, changes in the system, opportunity to create change in the system, whether you're using a, a myofascial technique, uh, if you will, or a needle. Um, but the needle is going to create a true lesion effect, uh, an immune system effect that's going to be a little bit differently than, than just say a, a tool alone. Um, so it's just a nice adjunct piece. And again, I'm not here to say that dry needling is the, the cure all to everything, uh, but it is a, a nice stimulus. And where I'm noticing it for, from a CrossFit athlete, of course, if you're injured, it serves a role in, in injury recovery, but from a maintenance standpoint, it really is just troubleshooting those little problems so that, you know, one thing doesn't turn into five different downstream consequences and you're trying to unpeel all those layers, um, as you're going through the recovery process. So where, where we've been seeing it with our, our athletes at, at fit for 
function from a recovery standpoint is by doing a, you know, once a month type program, you know, somebody comes in with a naggy elbow or a naggy shoulder or a naggy thing in their neck, and you can clear that out real quick because it's brand new. You caught it inside of four weeks and uh, you can clear that out super easy. Needling is often part of that equation. And then by getting that out of there, we don't see all the other movement decisions that change, right? We have to remember that our brain is always about most efficient in the short term. It's not thinking about long term. It just wants to know how to get the near term job done as quickly as possible. And so um, sometimes that's at the consequence of, of maybe long term positioning that, you know, accomplishing that short term goal um, may in fact put pressure on somewhere where, where we don't necessarily want it all the time. So the needling, uh, along with some of the other things we're doing, uh, just gives us another opportunity as a way to tap into that system um, and, and try to get things moving the right way so it doesn't turn into to bigger long-term problems. So um, anyway, we're a big fan of dry needling. We like the way it taps into the system uh, in addition to what we're already doing with our other release-style techniques. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about dry needling, you can visit us at fitforfunction.com. Uh, if you're a professional listening to this and you're a licensed professional and you want to learn more about doing dry needling as part of your practice, I am an instructor for integrative dry needling, uh, IDN for short. Um, but if you go to our website at www.integrativedryneedling.com, we offer foundation advanced courses as well as a series of specialty courses um, that we'd love to have you uh, look at. And it really revolves around our neurologic model of dry needling, where we look a little deeper than just the local effects of needling, but also what's happening along that peripheral nerve segment, the, the central nervous system, uh, as well as what it's going to do from a, a systemic immune and, and chronic pain standpoint. So um, there's, there's a lot to talk about as far as mechanisms behind dry needling and, and why we think it works. Um, and in that course, we'll explore not only why we think it works and, and some of those proposed theories about the effects of dry needling from a local segmental and systemic uh, viewpoint, but also application and how do we apply it to different patients in different time points. So um, I really do believe it's, it's uh, the most complete type of dry needling program out there. Um, so we'd love to have you at a course at integrativedryneedling.com. And if you're a patient, client looking to do dry needling, fitforfunction.com. We'd love to set you up with an appointment. We do offer free phone consults if you just want to ask a few questions or, or see if we're going to be a right fit for you. So uh, give us a call. Find us on our website. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you for enjoying the Fit for Tomorrow podcast. Hope you're able to pick up a few things to help you live and move better. We'd really appreciate a like, share, review, or follow in order to help us continue to grow this podcast and help more people like you looking to feel and move better as active adults. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.